Welcome in fans to the Utah Lax Report. I'm your host, Tim Haslam. This week's newsletter that you can find at utahlaxreport.substack.com features the week nine coaches polls for both boys and girls, as well as a couple RPI updates. And we look at the region champions. Uh, some haven't been crowned yet, but most have. And so that's all found uh, in the newsletter. My guest today on the podcast is Alta head coach Brandon Haroba. Coach Haroba has been coaching since 2002 and has pretty much done it all. He's coached club, he's coached high school, he's even coached college. Um, he's been part of leagues, and so uh, we talk about all of that in the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating or a comment in, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and that'll help the show grow a little bit. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Coach. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a crazy season, you know, lots of, lots of games being played. Obviously the RPI is, is always a hot topic. And then, you know, coach, as you know, this, the season has just gone longer than it has in, in other, other years that we're used to. So yeah. it's been a great season overall though. How, how's it been for you? It's been great. You know, I mean, first and foremost, just to be able to get out and back and playing games is obviously great. And then the boys getting to get out and compete has been, has been excellent. And then, you know, I just, was excited to get out and play this year. So we're happy to be out playing and, you know, having a good year and excited about kind of the next few weeks and how those go for us. Yeah. And, and you know, for fans that don't know, you're, you're the current head coach of the, the Alta Hawks boys team. And, and that's actually where you got started coaching lacrosse, right? That was, that was back in 2012 when you started coaching. Well, 2002. That's right. 2000, Sorry. 2002. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so 2002, I married into a lacrosse family. My brother-in-law, Brad Hawes, actually helped start lacrosse, I guess, 94, 95 time frame. He was one of the original four pictures. And when you posted that uh, picture of kind of the original championship thing they did up in Park City, I had three brother-in-laws in there, or actually four brother-in-laws in there two playing and two coaching. So, so yeah, so they, when I married into this family, I had to, I guess, turn my back on my upbringing, which was soccer and embrace lacrosse, I suppose. <laughs> and and we're well, we welcome all, we welcome everyone. And, and, you know, you've been, you've been obviously a staple in the lacrosse community since then, you, you know, you, you start coaching it out. You didn't play lacrosse growing up, right? Like you mentioned, you played soccer. What, what were some of the first observations you had about lacrosse and, and what kind of stood out to you? The speed of the game, obviously a lot of similarities to how we play soccer, you know, keeping like a defense, a midfield and an attack. And uh, so there was a little bit of similarities to soccer, not, you know, obviously not too many, obviously a little more physical in the game of lacrosse, but there was similarities. Ironically, when my brother-in-law asked me to coach in 2002, it was the fall of 2002 and I had just gotten done coaching. I was the, an assistant coach for Copper Hills boys and girls soccer team in 2001 and 2002. And he asked, he's like, Hey, why don't you come out? He's like, you know, we run sprints with these guys, but I don't really know how to condition them. Why don't you come out and get us, get us into shape. So I originally started just kind of coming to practice and I'd be the guy at the end that everybody hated because I'd make them run for 20 minutes while we were getting them in shape and practicing on what is now Intermountain's outpatient clinics on a little field that was there right yeah. next to Intermountain Hospital or Alta View Hospital. And, and I think if I remember right, that that's where Alta's sort of home field was. And that's where I remember playing Alta when I played. And so honestly, coach, I, I never thought of this, but you were probably on the sidelines for when we played Alta. So that two, that, that 
well, I guess it would have been the spring of 2002, Highland played Alta, and, and those were the two top teams at the moment. And it was actually my birthday. That's why I remember it. <laughs> and so yeah, I was probably there. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun times. You were coaching at Alta. Eventually you, you go to Brighton. What was sort of the transition like there? You know, those are rival schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what led to that? So my oldest son, Jaden Hawes, or stepson, was playing Alta, and we transitioned him over to Butler Middle School, his ninth grade year, and just went over there, kind of no expectations. And I knew Steve Gray. Steve Gray at the time was the head coach of Brighton, and I knew him through our Utah Select stuff, and we ended up, he ended up asking me to help coach and was the defensive coordinator for him for the 2008 or 2009 and 10 season. And then he left after the state championship in 2010. And then I took over in 2011. And, and as the head coach of Brighton, you know, you won just a ton of games. I, if I was more diligent and had more time, I would have looked it up, but you know, played in a bunch of different championship games. I, I think you won four championships. Is that right? Yeah. So we won three while I was the head coach. And then the fourth when I was the defensive coordinator was Steve. Okay. But we won in a long, 11, let's see, 10 and 11, and then we won in 14 and 16. And, and those teams, the 14 and 16 teams are really the teams that I remember because that's when I was in the thick of, of Utah Lacrosse News. Just some excellent, excellent players. What, what sort of stands out to you from those, you know, from your time at Brighton in general, like either players or certain teams or certain moments? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's funny. I have actually one of my ex-players is one of my defensive coordinators right now. And, you know, quite honestly, it was just the bond that those teams had. They were so like they were so close with one another. You know, they did a lot together outside of uh, lacrosse. That was kind of the staple for that group of boys going, you know, starting in 2010 through 2016 while I was there. They did a lot together. They were they were buddies on and off the field. And with that kind of came some, you know, I guess they held each other to a higher standard because they expected more out of one another. You know, it was like, hey, yeah, we're buddies, but you know, let's go, let's go fight this and let's, let's get after each other. We had some, we had heated practices. We had practices where, you know, kids would get pissed off at one another and be pretty upset with one another offensively, defensively, whatever it was, a lot of trash talking, but it's, you know, the old adage, iron sharpens iron. And uh, we just kept getting better. And, you know, we just, we had a really good group of boys really wanted to work and they all wanted to win. And that was like the ultimate thing is they wanted to work hard to achieve that championship. And it didn't help. It didn't hurt that you had Bubba Fairman as well. No, it didn't, uh, you know, and, and not to just highlight Bubba, but his brothers helped along the way too. So yeah, we had, we had a lot of good players that came through Brighton. Um, you know, obviously Bubba's the most famous, everybody knows who Bubba is and he's still killing it out in Maryland. And, you know, we're hoping to see him continue to do well out there and maybe get to championship weekend for him. So, but uh, yeah, we, we had really good players, a lot of athletes on the field, one of the things that I remember about our kind of our run from 2011 through 2016 is we had a ton of multi-sport athletes. We had a ton of kids that were playing football. We had a ton of kids that were playing basketball. You know, Braden Elbakri, who ended up being a fullback for BYU, was one of our starting defenders. And so, you know, I think there was just a lot of kids that played multiple sports back then. And it helped us because when the lacrosse season can get to be so long, right? When you start in January, February, and you go through the end of May, by the time May's done, those kids are like 
burned out, especially the kids that are playing all summer and all fall. And uh, it gets hard. That season gets long and hard on. So I think having the multi-sport athletes really helped us at Brighton because they were doing other things. And that makes sense. Right. And, and a lot of college coaches will come out and say that, that you know, they're looking for multi-sport kids and, and, you know, your other point is burnout is real and, and it's a tricky thing to manage. You know, that's probably another topic for another day, but dur- during that time, for, for those who don't know that there was the ULA and it was the Utah Lacrosse Association and they ran, you know, the high school league. Well, you and, and others were part of a, a movement to start a new league called, and at that time it, it was called the UHSLL. What, looking back, you know, we're, we're five or six years removed from that. Looking back, what, what are some things that you did during that for that time that, you know, kind of stand out or that you're proud of, or, you know, maybe what, what things were mistakes, if any? Well, I think, you know, I mean, just to kind of hit on maybe what was, I think it was a good thing that we, that we broke off. And I think it was a good thing that like you had the goal start up. And the reason I think it was good is because we were, we were sort of repeating the same things over and over again within the ULA, whether it was the youth system or the high school system, the same things were being repeated. And there were people that were voicing concerns and voicing that we want to have some changes and we want changes made. And those were just, I don't know if they were falling on deaf ears, but they weren't moving anywhere. And so the idea was brought forward, you know, in 20, I think it was 2014. Cause if I remember right, the, the 14 and 15 championships were played under the UHSLL, or maybe it might've just been the 14 championship. I think it was maybe just the 14 championship. And then we came back together, but a lot of good came out of it. A lot of good, you know, some changes for the better, some changes for positive, you know, growth. A lot of it was that a lot of it stemmed from we wanted help trying to grow the game and getting more people involved and didn't feel like maybe that was being done to the best of the abilities at the time. And that's why the, the, you know, the goal was formed and that's why we went with the UHSLL because we wanted to try and impact and get teams around. I mean, if you look on the, like around where I was at the time, Brighton, Hillcrest doesn't have a team. Cottonwood doesn't have a team. And so it was like, you know, how do we get these teams more involved? What are we doing to help foster growth in these areas? And Jordan at the time was starting to see, you know, sort of they were having some struggles within their youth system growing. And you're starting to see that now with them at the high school level, the youth system just wasn't there for them. And, and so that's kind of one of the, like some of the main reasons behind why we did it. If I were to say that we made a mistake, it was probably that we, that we just left and didn't stay together and try to work out the problems together. Although at the time it felt like we had been trying or the people had been trying, but you know, I mean, so there's always that asterisk from the 2014 season when Brighton won the championship and Park City won the championship and we didn't play each other that year, unfortunately, you know, like who was the better team? Yeah. And, and it's, it's tricky, you know, cause obviously both teams will have their argument as to why they were the best team and, and right. uh, we'll never know, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I think it's okay. After, after your time at Brighton, you decided to go and, and coach a year at UVU, you, you know, obviously the, the comparison or, or one of the differences between high school and college lacrosse is the speed. What was some of the other things that, that you noticed or, or that was just different or maybe eye opening at, at the college level? 
Well, it was it was it was a tough situation for me. I actually in January of that 2017 actually started a new job, and you know I, I wasn't able to be able to make a couple of our road trips. That was the big thing with with coaching. When you're coaching in the college level, you know you're scheduled. You've got to be pretty flexible in terms of being able to travel. And unfortunately, with a new job, I wasn't able to travel. The it's interesting. I, I think you run into the same things that the college level, at least at the MCLA level that you run into with high school. And, you know, you've got a group of kids that are ultra committed and, you know, want to be there and want to be as good as can. And then some other kids that are just like, yeah, yeah, this is fun. This is cool. I'll do this. And then it's, you know, then you've got a handful of kids that are like, well, sure, I'll give it a try, but I might miss some practices. I might, you know, I might not be here. So that was an interesting thing to me to be like, well, this is just like how it was you know, high school. And when I was at Brighton, the ultra competitive kids were on the varsity team, the kids, and not to say that JV didn't have ultra competitive kids, but towards the latter part of the JV. And then on your freshman, sophomore team, those are the kids that were like, you know, maybe I'm not going to, I might miss practice today or whatever it may be. And so that was interesting, but yeah, the speed of play. And then the other thing that I noticed that was really kind of, I don't know if it was eye opening, but it was interesting was the amount of trash talk that goes on on the field of the college game. <laughs> I mean, I remember being at uh, CU Boulder and, uh, you know, we're UVU, so we're Utah and everybody thinks you're LD. I'm sure BYU gets it even worse than the UVU kids, but the fans on the side for Boulder, you know, yelling things about being a Mormon and kids on the field, you hear them drop an F-bomb, then they'll be like, oh, sorry, did, is that the first time you've ever heard that word? And so it was just, it, that was kind of an interesting thing to me, but the physicality, obviously, those the physical characteristics of it. And then I love that the officials at the college level kind of let the players make plays and don't get too involved. And, uh, you know, I, I realize uh, as you grow that that changes, you know, from youth to high school to college. But that was one of the things I really liked is the referees really tried to, you know, ticky tack little brushes on the helmet or maybe, a, you know, a bump that could have been from the side, maybe from the back. They let those things go. And it, it those things kind of, I guess, stood out to me from my time there. And and I think your comments about Sear Boulder uh, are true for any team, no matter who you are. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> probably true. After that season, you go to Alta, back to back to Alta to start uh, coaching there. What, and, and you're the current head coach there. What has it been like these last, you know, four or five years? And, you know, talk about your, your team today. How, how are the, the 2021 Hawks doing? Yeah. So interestingly, when I took over in 2018, we had one senior on the team. We had, I think at the time we had four juniors that turned into being, I, I recruited a couple of football kids. So we ended up getting about three juniors. Our seniors that are there now, almost every one of them started as freshmen for us on that team. And we took our lumps. I mean, I think we won three games the first year. We took a trip out to Colorado that, you know, we took some lumps. I mean, we got beaten pretty bad by some uh, pretty good teams, not the top tier in Colorado, but some good teams. I remember getting ready to face off against Chaparral and talking to their head coach and the kid that we were going to be facing off against was, you know, the, he was graduating and going to play at DU and taking over for Trevor, Trevor Baptiste. And I was like, Oh, great. I'm trying to break in a freshman here. And the awesome thing about it is that kid at the end of the game pulled that kid aside and started giving him some pointers and some tips. I mean, in, in no other sport, I think, do you have that like you do in lacrosse, the brotherhood, whether it's, 
you know, and obviously there's some, you know, rivalries and some hatred and things like that. But even coaches, coaches don't talk like they do in lacrosse with any other sport. I mean, there's a, a guy, Russ Wellner at Notre Dame runs like a mentor program where he gets coaches to volunteer their time to help out. And, and I have a coach that works with me and we email back and forth every couple of weeks. And he asked me how things are going. He's reviewed some of our film. So that was awesome. But in terms of our team, you know, so those seen those freshmen are now seniors. We gave them their uh, sort of our last home game was a Friday night and gave them a great send off with a win against skyline and some moms that did a great job getting them getting kind of making the night special for those kids and their parents. But, you know, we're shaping up pretty good. I, you know, we've had a couple of heartbreakers lost to Tim view by one lost to Brighton by one where we had leads going into the fourth quarter, I had a lead against mountain Ridge the other day, lead going into the fourth quarter and gave those things away. And, but, you know, we're doing well. And I think, you know, we're going to obviously, I think we'll end in the B division and, you know, hopefully be playing on that Saturday of Memorial weekend for a championship in the B division. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, only one team can win the A division, right. And the the other 57 can't. And and so it'll be fun to see where everything shakes out. You know, obviously we're, we're cheering. I'm cheering for every team. <laughs> and so it's fun. No, I just, I, I think it's going to be a fun, I think it's going to be a fun playoffs. I think it's going to be interesting. I think we'll see some of the, the pains and the nuances of, you know, a lot of the leagues We're in one of them, the regions that have to play two games against everybody, which doesn't allow you opportunities to play as many games. I had, games against Highland on our schedule I had to cancel game against Pleasant Grove I had to cancel and so unfortunately those were just you know a product of us having to play our region twice and so hopefully we can look at this as like a collective lacrosse community and decide you know what maybe we need to go away from the home and home or home and away I guess that a lot of the other sports do and look for an opportunity and simply because we're newer, right? I mean, we're a newer sport. I don't know how many brand new teams there are that are new this year. I mean, granted, they, you know, some of them got to play a game or two last year in 2020. But for the most part, I mean, we have, I would say, probably close to 20 brand new teams that are playing. And, you know, I was talking to the Orem coach the other night, and he he said, you know, it's been unfortunate because he hasn't had the opportunity to schedule games against, like, other teams down south that are newer programs because he had to play us twice and Mountain Ridge twice and Timpview twice. And, you know, so it takes up their schedule. So I think a lot of coaches are starting to realize that, Hey, maybe it's not the best thing for us as we thought maybe in the, in the beginning. For sure. And, and I think it, it may work one day when regions are more balanced and, and sort of the bottom teams are, are better, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. So another way to put it, right? Like, I, in fact, I was working on the newsletter this morning and looking at the region standings. Almost every region champion has gone undefeated in their region. Yeah. And then on the flip side, there's almost every region has the bottom team hasn't won a game in their region. And so we have this huge despair this you know this this big gap of talent in every region and and so until that gets better until the bottom gets better to be honest you know I think that what you're saying is right we do need to play a one game against your region opponents and then you know the top level teams can go play other top level teams in other regions and the bottom teams can go play other bottom teams which I think will be beneficial for everyone (laughs) oh absolutely absolutely I mean you've got the one region that did it well one region that I know of I think a couple did it but you know like Brighton and Olympus have had an opportunity to really play a lot of teams and kind of get a gauge for 
you know, where they're at. I think that region probably has the truest RPI ranking in terms of around the state of any region, in my opinion. Definitely. And, and, and it's because it, it's funny though, cause they are one of the smaller regions. So in theory, they could have pulled off the, yeah, the, double, <laughs> the double games, but true. they did it, which is awesome. And yeah, they have gone out and played a bunch of different teams, you know, Brighton and Olympus have played park city, you know, Brighton and skyline have played Farmington who's a, a top team. And so it's been a good opportunity before we, before we wrap up here, I wanted just to talk, give you the chance to talk about what, what you're doing on the club side of the game. Yeah. So, so I've been, you know, I've, I've been around the club scene for a long time. I actually, my first uh, trip as a club coach was with Rick Cladis was the head coach and I was the assistant coach. And we took a team with Ted Farron, JT Nebaker. God, I can't even think of all the kids, but we went down to San Diego and, you know, it was a real learning experience for me watching Rick coach and uh, Rick really knew his stuff at that time and had an opportunity to coach you know, be around some of the great players that have played in the state of Utah. And uh, so that was like in 2000 and God, I want to say that was probably 2007, I think was there 2008, maybe their senior year, something like that. And, and then went into Utah select, Utah select became Utah lead in 2014 when we tried to kind of form a power program, if you will, to go compete at the world games when the world games were held in Denver, I guess the international championships and they had the, a youth tournament coincide with it. And it was pretty awesome to get out and see that we got to see, you know, the Ghana national team play, got to see the U S and Canadian national teams play. So that was fun for us. And then from that, we broke into Utah hoppers. I mean, that was just a solo 2023 team. And uh, we had a lot of success with that team. That team was really good. In fact, everybody, you know, people know who Utah hoppers are when uh, some of our kids go and play on national teams, they know who the Utah hoppers were. They know who, who we were. And so that's fun that we had that recognition, but as a solo club, it became hard just numbers wise to continue to put a team in every tournament. I think the last tournament we played in, we ended up with 14 kids that were able to make the tournament. And so we sort of, a lot of kids have gone to play for summit and a lot of kids have gone to play for true. And then I've been coaching at true and I'm helping out with their 2027 team and had the opportunity to learn the box game, got to coach in box tournaments this uh, last winter. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now and excited about kind of what the future holds for Utah lacrosse. I, you know, one of the things that was always a staple of like our championship teams at Brighton was we had a lot of kids that had uh, experience playing out of state. And uh, I think we, we've got to get more kids involved in club. And I know it's expensive. And I know it's, it's not, it's time consuming, but really to be competitive teams and get kind of to that next level of competition, the more kids we have getting out of state opportunities and getting to play against different competitions is going to be the better for us. And, and I think you'll see that as, as the playoffs continue here, that the top teams will all have the club players on them. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And a reality of the game these days, whether you like it or not. So coaching, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? No, no. Thank you for all you've done for uh, Utah lacrosse. I think it's awesome. I think you help, you know, help more than, you know, in terms of getting uh, some publicity for the sport and then helping, you know, sort of, I guess, legitimize it and helping us out. So, so it's great. I, I appreciate all you do for us. Yeah. And, and we became good friends just through your success at Brighton. You know, typically if you're in, going far in the playoffs, we see each other more. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's just the, the way that it is. Well, Thank hopefully you. I get to see more of you this year then. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think we will. And I'm going to be completely honest with you that the championships are at Layton this year. And so that's just down the street from my house. And so I'm actually, I'm thrilled about it. I don't have to drive <laughs> far to go to the championship games, which that's good. That's good for you. Well, we'll take the hour, <laughs> you know, hopefully I get to get on a bus for an hour that day. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thanks coach. I, I really hey, appreciate you. it.